Amen. You may be seated. There were four preachers that got together, and they always like to get together for lunch. And after a while, they just spent so much time uh, together. One of the pastors said, you know, we need to really just start being honest with, with, with each other and just sharing some of the struggles that we have. And he said, I'll start off. And so he said, I, guys, I want you all to understand that there's, there's times whenever I just have a problem controlling, controlling how much I drink. And so the other pastor was like, man, I can't believe he shared that. And they kind of looked around and he said, well, somebody else has got to go next if I'm going to talk like that. And so the other guy said, well, I, you know, I'll be honest with you guys, I struggle with gambling. He said, every time the offering plate is passed around, he said, man, I just get tempted. He said, I just want to reach in there and take all the money. And so some of the pastors were like, man, I can't believe he'd say something like that. And then the third pastor blew him all away. Uh, he said, uh, you know what, I've become very fond of a lady in our church and she's not my wife. And every, they almost all just fell out right there. Uh, the fourth guy sat there and said a word yet. And so they, they were talking to him. They said, well, do you have anything to share? And he said, yeah. He goes, guys, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm an incurable gossip. Uh, yeah. Today we are, uh, I'm so glad that y'all laughed. Because the first service, man, everybody just stared at me. So I just kept going like, man, this is awful. Uh, Today we are talking, we're continuing our study through the book of James. And the book of James is, I think it's one of the most convicting books in Scripture because it's, it's real easy to understand. I mean, James, there's no, you know, there's, it's pretty black and white. It's pretty easy to figure out. And today he talks about just a very practical subject. He talks about our controlling our speech. You know, basically what he teaches through our passage of Scripture today is learn how to keep your mouth shut because there's a lot of power that comes with your speech. And I really think that most people or most of us don't really understand the great power that is in, that's within our mouth. Uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, my goal or my hope for today is that we're going to be able to look into the Scripture, learn some lessons about, about our speech, and try to figure out how we can use our speech in a way that's going to build other people up and not tear them down. How we can use our speech in such a way that we're going to honor God. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to uh, be looking in James chapter 3 in verse number 1 in just a few moments. And as we look into Scripture, we're just going to learn some very basic lessons about how powerful our speech can be. Now, as some background information, as uh, maybe you're turning there, uh, what's going to be happening here, what we discover earlier, discovered earlier, is that this letter was written to Christians, to Jewish Christians. Uh, they were no longer in Israel. They were spread all throughout the ancient world. And part of the reason why is because of their faith. Uh, they're being persecuted because of their relationship with Jesus. So they move out to these different countries. But even though they get away from persecution in their homeland, they have problems still. And one of the big problems that they had was their mouth. Do you all know anybody like that? Um, don't mention names. Uh, but yeah, then there's some people that just we just struggle with, with having control over what comes out of our mouth. And so James wrote in this letter, he said, you have to understand that there is great power in your speech. And, and again, I, I believe that a lot of us just don't recognize how powerful our speech can be. And when you don't recognize how powerful something is, it can be dangerous when you use it. Uh, you remember the first time you drove a car, for those of you who drive? You remember the, did y'all have, I remember the first time I drove, I was amazed at how, I thought I'd be really good at it right from the very beginning, but the, the, the accelerator and the brake pedal, I didn't know how to, how to handle 
how to handle that pedal very well. I mean, whenever I was accelerating, I would just I would cram down on it so your head flies back. And then when it came time to brake, I would slam down on the brake and our heads would go forward. It was like whiplash. Now, the good news is I no longer drive that way. My wife does. Uh, I no longer drive that. You know, we're talking about, y'all, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Uh, so I don't drive that way anymore. And the reason why is because I've gotten sensitive to the, to the gas pedal and to the brake pedal. You know, I know how to work it. Now, because of that, it's a smoother ride. Now, we need to apply the same sort of logic to our mouth. Like I just did while ago when I said I'm not going to say anything more right there. Now we need to apply that same logic to our mouth. Because when we learn the sensitivities of our speech, it can make for a much smoother ride in life. And today we're just going to learn some basic lessons about the power of the, the mouth, the tongue. And the first, the first thing I want us to see is that the tongue has the power to guide. Uh, your mouth has the power to guide life. Now look with me in, in James chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, James chapter 3. Is that right? James chapter 3, we're going to look in verse number 3 right now. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now, we all know that the tongue carries with it great power. Your words can, can be very uplifting or they can be very damaging. And the thing that is interesting to me, as powerful as our mouths are, everybody in this room's got one. So that means that everybody in this room... You carry in your mouth the power, according to Scripture, the power of life and the power of death. Now, that's pretty intimidating when you think about it. And so what, what James teaches us here in this Scripture is that we need to learn to control ourselves, to control our mouths, because our mouths have the power to guide. And he, he gives a comparison here of, of you can use a bit or a rudder. You can compare your mouth to like a bit or a rudder. Now, do y'all know what y'all know what a bit is, right? I mean, we're in Blythewood, we're in horse country, and so a bit is a, it's a, you know, something that you you stick into a horse's mouth, and you have it on the range, and you're able to guide the horse. You know, you can control his head, and if you control the head of a horse, you're going to be able to control his whole body. Now, if you don't have that bit in the horse's mouth, what can the horse do? The horse can go wherever he wants to go, right? I mean, he's going to guide himself. But when the bit is in his mouth, you are the one who is guiding the horse. And so James says that our tongue is it's, it's sort of like a bit. He said you know, we need a bit in our mouth so that we can guide where we're going to go with our speech. He also compares it to a rudder. And a rudder is an instrument that's used in order to steer ships, to, to, to guide a ship in the direction that it's going to go. And it doesn't matter how big the ship is. It needs a rudder. And the rudder, in comparison to the ship, is not that big. Which is interesting, that the largest ship that's ever been made is almost a mile long. Yeah, that is huge. And yet it's really interesting that the way that ship is able to, to, uh, to be turned and to be steered is just by a small rudder. So that rudder is used to control the ship. The same thing's true with our bodies. The rudder is like our tongue in our life. If you want to go a certain direction in life, 
your tongue is going to dictate which direction you go. But if you don't have control over it, if you don't have control over your tongue, you're going to say stuff that will damage and hurt other people. Now you might say, well, that sounds great, but how do I, how do I have charge of a bit or a rudder? You know, how do I have charge of what comes out of my mouth? Well, it all comes down to who has control of the steering wheel of your life. Who has control of your mouth? Jesus said this. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34 through 37, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, if you want your life to be steered in the right direction, then you have to submit yourself to the leadership of Jesus. You have to allow Jesus to, to, to take control of your mouth. Say, God, I want you to, to steer, to guide my life. Uh, I remember uh, a very momentous day in my life was, or actually, it's, actually, it's momentous and yet scary, was when we started allowing our oldest child to drive. You know, when your kids start driving, that makes you a little bit nervous. And uh, our oldest son, Hank, he started driving last year. And, uh, for, but for him to drive, there was something I had to do. I had to get out of the driver's seat and let him take the wheel. And, uh, you know, of course, he's done a great job and all that. But I, I remember that momentous occasion in my own life. And I started thinking about that when my son was driving. I remember when I was a teenager, we were driving to see my grandparents down in Fort Worth. And my dad was driving along the interstate. And he pulled the car over and he said, Eric, it's time for you to drive. I want you to take the wheel. Now, my mother was freaking out. And so, Mom, she got in the back seat. She white-knuckled it all the way to Fort Worth those last two hours. And so, but when I was driving, man, I was excited about it. Because I began to realize what, what was happening is I was in charge of the car. You know, how fast we were going to go, I determined that. Um, I, was, I realized my dad was trusting me with having charge of the driving of the car. And you know what? The, the same thing is true in life. If I'm going to demonstrate my trust in Jesus, then I have to give him the wheel. I have to say, Lord, I, I, I've been trying to control my own mouth. I need you to be the bit in my mouth. And I want to be obedient to your leadership. Now, when you and I do that, it will affect our lives. It will change the direction that our lives go. It will change the way that we speak and that we treat other people. Now, there's some lessons to learn about the tongue. And the very first thing I see in our, in our text is it, it has the power to guide. That your speech can guide your life. It, it absolutely can guide your life. But there's a, a negative command that I want us to see here. And that is that your tongue also has the power to destroy. Now, look with me in verse number, let's see, f verse 5. It says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. Now, if you have your Bible out, you might want to underline this next verse right here. It says, But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It is interesting that such a small part of our body 
has the ability to be destructive. James compared it to a spark that's lit, that can, that can catch fire and just absolutely burn down a forest. Uh, right now in, in Arizona, it's always interesting to me that there's all these fires going on in Arizona right now. I mean, it looks like the whole state is on fire. And as these forest fires are raging, what is interesting to me is oftentimes they are started because somebody might have thrown a cigarette out the window or they didn't put out a campfire right. But it was just a, it's a small spark. And from that small spark comes massive destruction. I mean, hundreds of thousands of acres on fire right now. Same thing can happen with our mouth. Have you ever had someone or something that just absolutely ticked you off, and boy, it, got, it set you off so much that, that you just started allowing anger to spew out of your mouth? Okay, y'all don't sit there and act like you're innocent, because I know you are guilty. I mean, we all do that. We all do that. And I know that whenever it happens with me, I mean, it is like a spark comes out of my mouth, and it just it can burn people up. And it can destroy them. And I think I would like to take that back. But you know what? It is really hard to take that kind of stuff back. Now, whenever I do things like that, um, I, I will. I'll, I'll apologize. I'm sorry. And which, which we should do. But you know what? I've, I've learned that once that stuff gets out of your mouth, even if you apologize and you're forgiven, there is a residue that is left behind. Their speech. I had a friend in high school, his house caught on fire, just in the basement, and the, the fire department was able to get there, and they were able to put it out, but they had to move out of their house for several months. And the reason why? There's a residue that was left behind from that fire in the basement. He said he went up into his room, and he said there was like soot on his walls. So it opened up his dresser drawers, and there was just stuff all in it, just like this, this film that was in it from the smoke. So his house smelled like smoke for months. So it was terrible. Now, they put the fire out, but there was a residue that was left behind. Words do the same thing. That's why if you have control of your mouth, your speech, you are considered wise, according to the Bible. I, I like this verse. This verse is always interesting to me. But it just talks about wisdom is not as hard as we think it is. In Proverbs, Proverbs 12, 27 and 28, it says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. Okay, that's a good thing right there. And a man of understanding is even-tempered. Here's the part I like. It says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. You want to be wise? Then just be quiet. You want to be wise? Don't, don't always just pop off with anything that you just want to say. A man is considered wise if he's careful with what he says. You know, the, the earlier verses said that our speech, our tongue, is like a deadly poison. It's, like a, it's, it's, full of, it's full of venom. You know, if something is full of venom, then the best way to keep from that venom getting out is not to use that tool that spews the venom, right? So that's why it says if you want to be considered wise, then keep your mouth shut. And I, you know, I've, seen, I've seen so much damage that's been caused in, gosh, in school, in the workplace, in church, by people just talking, by people just saying things that they shouldn't say. And, then, and you know, we, I, we can talk about gossiping. I know gossip can seem like fun for a lot of people because they, you like to find out little special things, little morsels about somebody, or, or you want to dig up dirt on somebody. And those things can seem innocent. But guys, let me tell you something. The Bible tells us that we are to control our mouths because they can destroy a person's life. 
They can burn somebody up. If you're struggling with gossip, if you're struggling with lying, then your heart needs to be restored by the forgiveness of God. So the question is, do, do you realize, do you understand the damage that speech can cause? Now, I, I know in our, in our world today, you can sit there and say, man, that seems like such a small thing. I mean, you watch the news and you see all the garbage that's going on in our world today. Y'all, economically, we are struggling. Those are they're big problems. People losing their jobs. I mean, I look in the Middle East and you see all the conflict and turmoil that's going on. And you say, you're talking about the mouth? I mean, we got bigger problems than that. Well, from God's perspective, if we don't learn how to control our mouth, guys, it is just as destructive as, of a force as wars. Matter of fact, a lot of times wars are started because of what is said. And so God is chasing after us to rescue us from our words. Now, I look into our text, and I see that there's, there's the, the tongue has the power to guide. It has the power to destroy. But here's the last thing I want you to see today, and this is the positive. Your tongue has the power to bless. Your tongue has the power to bless people. Now, look with me. These are the final four verses I'll read. Verse number 9, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in God's likeness. And out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, he refers to water in our passage of Scripture here. And in the Middle East, water is a, is a very, it's a scarce commodity. As a matter of fact, it's, it's so scarce that they, I mean, they fight wars over water. I mean, today, in Israel, one of, the, one of the reasons why they don't want to give up land for peace in Israel is because of the water source of the Sea of Galilee. And it's the only fresh water they've got. Is fresh water important? Absolutely. I mean, it helps crops grow. Um, it, it helps people, it sustains life. It is all these different, all these different things. Speech is compared to fresh water. Kind words of encouragement have the ability to refresh a person's life. Your speech can bless somebody, literally. Uh, the Bible says again in Proverbs twelve twenty five, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. When you speak, your speech can do one of two things. It can build somebody up or it can tear them down. Now, here's a question that's really easy to answer. Which one do you think God prefers? To build somebody up or tear them down? What do you all think? Man, to build them up. Now, I think, I think we just innately, we know that. We know that the best thing we can do with our speech is to build people up. Here's the question. What are you doing with the information that you already know? You know that your speech is best used if it's to build people up? Then how in the world are you using your speech? Let me, let me challenge you to do something this week. Let me challenge you to make it a priority this week. And I'm not going to go beyond this week just because it can be an attainable goal. This week, don't gripe. Uh, this week... Speak kind words. Now, I know that there are, there's, there's people that we all know that maybe, that maybe you work with, that you see, whatever, who drive you absolutely crazy. And you tell other people, that guy, is, he's, he's a moron, he drives me crazy. Don't do that. Don't do that this week. As a matter of fact, when you see that person, offer them a word of encouragement. You know, be, be complimentary. Maybe bring, them a, maybe bring them a cup of coffee this week. And you say, why in the world would I do something like that? You got your words, according to Scripture have the ability 
to refresh a person's soul. Now, we have some options in how we can use our speech. We can use our speech to build up or we can use our speech to tear down. Now, if your words are going to build up, you better make sure you are deeply rooted in your walk with Christ. Now, you want to be rooted in Jesus to speak these kinds of words because when you're rooted in Jesus, he nourishes you. And what happens as he nourishes you, you produce the fruits of God in your life. You know, what kind of, what kind of fruit does God give me? In Galatians 5, and 23, when you are connected to God, here's what happens. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so, well, then how do I get rooted in God? Man, a great way to do that is to read God's Word and begin to apply it to your life. Take time to talk to God in prayer. And say, Lord, there's some things in my life that shouldn't be there, and I need you to clean me up. Now, if you and I have speech that blesses God one day and curses God the next, you know what? We, we have something wrong with our heart. There's something wrong with us. Uh, when, when you examine what comes out of your mouth, here's my question. What are you finding? James says, can, can fresh water, a freshwater spring, does it produce salt water? No, it's supposed to be fresh water. If we walk with God, the things that come out of our lives should be godly. So when you examine your life, what, what do you examine? What, or what do you find when you examine your speech? Are you building people up or are you tearing them down? Does your speech vary? Sometimes you do one, other times you do the other. You know, which one is it? Because the tongue is very powerful. It has the power to guide. It has the power to destroy. But it also has the power to bless. And my guess is most of us struggle with our speech. We struggle with how we deal with people. We struggle with being a person who builds others up as opposed to tearing them down. Now, if that is your habit and that's where you are, then here's my, my, my challenge again for you. Talk to God in prayer. Say, Lord, this is who I am. And my, my stream is not pure. There's salt water mixed in with the fresh water. Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, you know what happens if we do that? First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, one of the great things to know is that our mouths have power. It's scary to know that it has power to destroy but God can use your speech to transform and to change a person's life as you allow Him to work through you as you speak. What I'd like for us to do is just simply to bow our heads and to close our eyes as we close out our service, just simply to deal with the Lord. A couple things we'll do. One, if you're a person who's struggling with your speech, it might be you just simply need to confess and talk to the Lord right now and just say, Lord, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I pray that, that you will be with me, that you will guide me in my speaking. And Lord, I pray that I will honor you, that I will take time before I speak to say, God, help me in my speech to honor you. Others of you may have a desire to be rooted in Jesus. You say, I'd like to have these things in my life, and I don't even think I'm connected to God. How do I connect to Him? You can connect to Him by just simply calling out to Him and saying, Jesus, I, I, I choose You. I am giving You the wheel of my life. 
And I need your forgiveness. And I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Now, if that's something that, that you have done or that you are doing right now, well, I want to encourage you to let us know. You can take your bulletin and you can open it up and fill out that section on the right side. And check that line. It says, I committed my life to Christ. Put that in the offering basket so that we can get you some information in the mail about growing in your walk with God. Because let me tell you something. The, the beginning, the walk with God, that's the very first step. But we need each other in order to mature and grow in our relationship with God to be effective in our communities, in our schools. God, we need each other. We need support. We need to pray for each other. Guys, I believe God has put us here to speak words of life to this community that is looking for answers in so many places and yet being so disappointed because they're not fulfilled. And we have the message of a God who says that He brings us living water and that He is the bread of life. Heavenly Father, bless this time that we have. God, thank You for this day. Thank You, Jesus, that You give us the power of life. Not just death, the power of life in our mouth. And God, I pray that as we speak, that you will have charge of what comes out of our mouth. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.